Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Mackie and Judd bonus scoop time. Yes, that's right. We didn't get him on Tuesday, but we get him today, second consecutive day after he lit the Twitterverse on fire yesterday with his hot reporting from the Combine with the Vikings. What's going on in Indianapolis? It is Judd. It is Declan. It is Darren Doogie Wolfson. Doogie, we're glad to see you. Um... Looking good, feeling good, I hope, and things are going well. I am feeling fine looking. I mean, I guess that's subjective, Judd. I mean, if you think oh, you I look, look good, I fine. mean, your coloring looks good. You look good to me. I don't know if it me. looks like great, though, because so I'm in the Score North studio. I'm by myself. Got new lighting in there. Yeah, so we have some new fancy lighting in here, yeah. these ring lights. Courtesy of Phil Mackey, huh? Yeah, but the problem is when you have glasses, and I'm a glasses guy. Yeah. The ring light, it just it glares off the glasses. And so yep, I'm trying problem. to reconfigure these lights. Hopefully it's not a train Oh, really? Wreck. Not me. Not me. I let this ring light in front of me just go glare yeah, off my so, glasses. Yeah, I mean, that's a challenge. So the looking part, I'm telling you, some people might say that is absolutely a face for radio. Why do you guys put this on YouTube? Why is that individual on television in the Twin Cities? How has he lasted 20 run. plus years on TV? Take but whatever. Run. Hey, the bosses say, hey, keep rolling with it. So I'll just, yeah. I'll take their advice. All right. In fact, let's do do this. Let's keep rolling with the theme that we started off yesterday's show with the combine. Talked about a lot of good stuff um, as far as the Vikings' interest in certain players, as far as uh, who they've met with, and uh, contractual situations. So let's pick up where we left off. Have you checked with more sources in the last twenty four hours about what's going on at the combine? Is there any more uh, from the scoop bag that we maybe didn't get to yesterday? Well, sure. Now, admittedly, I was derailed with the Lindsey Whalen news on Thursday afternoon, so got sidetracked. I imagine we'll get to that story at some point in this conversation. Yep. But yes, for a bit after I left the studio yesterday, Thursday, into today, Friday, I've had some conversations, certainly have sent a number of text messages. I will tell you, I am still awaiting some word on one inquiry that you asked me to check on, Daniil Hunter. The only thing I found out, I did check. The only thing I found out is he's in Australia or is just on his way back from Australia, some world trip. Nice. That that impacts conversations with his representation at the Combine. You told me to check on, you know, where do things stand? Daniil presumably looking for an extension entering the final year of his deal. So I don't necessarily have an update on Daniil Judd outside of, 
him being halfway across the world. (laughs) The Vikings continue these formal interviews with a number of prospects. They will formally interview upwards of 45 prospects over the course of this week. Those are about 18-minute long conversations. You get grilled by Quasey, by Kevin O'Connell, by other coaches, other members of the front office. There are a bunch of people with the Vikings in this suite. The player walks in. It's a test, right? I mean, that is a very stressful environment. So those conversations continue. I noted the interview with the Florida quarterback on Thursday. They've also interviewed the UCLA quarterback and a name I brought up yesterday. I botched the name, right? But the Kentucky quarterback, Levis, not Nevis. I think I was thinking of, is there a pitcher, Declan, with the Phillies, Nevis? Or is there a pitcher somewhere in the majors, last name Nevis? Nevis. I'm thinking Phil Nevin. Or, uh, no, no, uh, no, not Phil Nevin. <laughs> no, Phil Nevin. Of. Thank you. You can Google that. For some reason, I think there's a pitcher, Nevis. I was thinking about getting back into That's fantasy okay. baseball. It's so time-consuming. Fantasy basketball is enough for me with That's fantasy okay, football. But I had some we pitching on my mind, all sorts of different stuff going on. But Levis, not Nevis, mm-hmm. but Will Levis is another quarterback, Judd that they've had a conversation with. That is a guy that I struggle to see falling beyond pretty much pick seven, Las Vegas. So the Vikings are certainly doing their due diligence on quarterbacks, but also cornerbacks. Cornerback Ricks from Alabama, Porter Jr. from Penn State, Smith from South Carolina. Those are all potentially first-round guys, guys you could look at. At pick 23, the Vikings have had conversations With those guys, I continue to hear they're doing a lot of work on the interior of the offensive line. So the work continues. But yeah, I mean, outside of just some of these formal interviews, these conversations the Vikings are having with draft prospects, not a whole lot new. I know there was set to be today a conversation on Adam Thielen's future, but I don't know what the end result of that conversation is at this point. That's still a situation I would continue to monitor. I've been saying for weeks, going back to really January, that I absolutely can see Adam Thielen in a different uniform next year. I continue to hear, Judd, changes are coming. I can't exactly quantify how many, but there are some decisions coming. Quasey normally brings these decisions all the way until the deadline. He's so calculated that he's not going to just make a move when he doesn't have to make a move. A specific deadline drives decisions. So when these decisions need to be made, those last whatever 24 hours, that's when the moves will occur. But definitely some changes are coming. Are we hearing any scuttlebutt about um, just from the uh, tampering period that obviously starts at the combine? Are we hearing any potential free agent targets? Because ordinarily, this is the time of, of year. So so they created this sort of uh, BS legal tampering period right before free agency starts. But we all know that, it, and I think we discussed this briefly yesterday, when you sit down, you know, when you're crazy and Brzezinski and you sit down with an agent who represents your guy, he probably represents 25 players. And so you might say, hey, you know, your other guy plays for the Cardinals. I sort of like him, too. Are we hearing any scuttlebutt there yet because i gotta think that that's going to if it's not out start to get out pretty soon here well some general type stuff not specific player related but like on the running back market 
I've heard, okay, Detroit wants to bring back Jamal Williams, but if they can't bring back Jamal, you know, think about maybe some secondary type running back, somebody that can complement DeAndre Swift, that Jacksonville potentially is in the market for a running back. Denver is looking for a running back. Atlanta is looking for a running back. So more stuff along those lines. I have brought up the names of McGovern, center, and Edmonds, linebacker. I brought those up last week, so I guess I would continue to maybe keep an eye on on those two names. But I also know there is some genuine interest in in re-signing Garrett Bradbury. So it comes down to to the price point. Like I think there is, you know, a breaking point, right? Like if Bradbury is able to get nine to ten to eleven million dollars a year elsewhere, like I don't think the Vikings are going that high, right? So they have this specific price point. If they can get Garrett back at that number, okay. You know, maybe there can be a reunion, but, you know, they need to have a contingency plan in play. So McGovern now, hey, one could argue McGovern is maybe a better player than Bradbury. So, you know, maybe a little bit older on uh, that maybe he is right. But, you know, that that, that money might exceed what what Garrett can get. But uh, McGovern and Edmonds would be would be two. And, you know, I get all the other guys that are out there. I mean, the commanders just let go a uh, cornerback, right? McCain, that's got some history with Brian Flores, right? So. You know, that's where it's confusing, too, I think, for, for a lot of people. Heck, sometimes I get lost in the shuffle of, like, Carr, the quarterback. He could sign with a team today, right? If you've right. been released, released already, Correct. you can sign with a team today. So that's not tampering. Like, those are legitimate conversations. So that's where it gets right. that's where it gets sticky. But, you know, I understand the connections with, you know, the Pittsburgh cornerback that Flores was with last year, right? So, I mean, we can connect some logical dots, but. But Edmonds and, and McGovern are, are two names that I, I certainly have heard. Interesting stuff. Uh, on to, to Wolves. Let's start with this one. Carl Anthony Towns, before we uh, flipped on the mics, you had an interesting uh, note about Towns because I think there is a curiosity now. Is he going to get back before the season ends? Because believe it or not, the clock is ticking. Like we are, we There's not a ton of time left here. Uh, he's been out since what? Late November? So what's the next move there? And what have you heard about what Carl is doing off the court to try and get back? Well, I mean, I know that there's been some second opinions sought, you know, the, the idea of, of, you know, finding a, another doctor. Right. And so, you know, that's been part of this process. Yeah. I mean, late November, he got hurt in that game in Washington, DC against the wizards. I mean, heck, I thought there was a chance he'd be back by late January. Then I thought, okay, well, you know, February, right? We got 28 days. Now we're into March. And he hasn't practiced with the team yet. He's been training for a while. He's been doing stuff on the court for many weeks. He's been boxing off the court for many weeks. He's been on trips now. But he hasn't participated Hmm. in a full practice. So normally you would do that for a week-ish before you would return to game action. So at this point, we're looking at, at best, mid-March. It would be nice if they were a bit more transparent. You see the Golden State Warriors putting out these updates about Steph Curry, the Lakers on LeBron James, the Wolves, crickets. Do know this, that that cat certainly has a big say in when he returns and I get it. There's some fear factor there that I don't want my Achilles to burst. I don't want this to be a Kevin Durant situation. I need to take this situation 
you know, incredibly seriously. Like, I can't rush back. Like, it's okay to be uber conservative, right? And so, you know, there's people in Cat's ear, you know, suggesting that route. And I get it. I'm not knocking him for that. I just think it would be helpful if there was more transparency, that that the silence from the wolves, like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't add up to me. But, you know, I know there's a lot of factors in play, including some people that, that don't even work with the team. Hey, Dukes, I didn't ask you this at the time, but you, you brought this up, and it's occurred to me since then. So Cat came out at some point in the last, I don't know, month, month plus, and basically revealed the exact uh, grade of the strain or of the injury. Did that cause any problems since it was clear that the Wolves had sort of fudged on that? Like, like the Wolves didn't give you... They told you what was wrong, but they didn't t- tell you how wrong it was. And Cat, and I don't blame him, probably got frustrated. He's like, I'm getting crapped on here. I'm really hurt. Did that cause some friction? Because, like, the more I th- thought about that, that's a pretty bold move. And I'm not even blaming the player, but it's a pretty bold move to say, I'm going to give you the injury update that's accurate because the team has failed to do so. Yeah, I mean, I understand the question, Judd. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss it. I just personally have not heard any okay. scuttlebutt I, just curious too. in yep. that regard, but I think it's a very worthy question. I think there are some questions we can ask about the medical staff there. Remember, Jordan McLaughlin, not a grade three, but calf strain. There was yep. more there than they revealed in terms of his recovery. Torian Prince was sidelined with that shoulder issue way longer than he ever initially thought. So, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm just saying these these are legit questions to ask about the overall medical slash training staff there with the Wolves, how they are handling some of these injury rehabs. And, you know, that might feed into, okay, Cat his camp saying, yeah, we absolutely need a second doctor, a second opinion. And so that is absolutely part of this process. And to be clear, the second opinion has not taken place yet. Well, that I don't he, he know. Is, I just no. Oh, okay. I, in fact, I, I think it has. I mean, okay. at this late okay. date, you know, this many months now into the injury, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty gotcha. sure. You know, I don't know 100 percent yet, but I, I'm pretty sure that that's already taken place. More wolves. Yeah. So Anthony that's Edwards' good. main agent, Omar Wilkes, mm-hmm. left Clutch Sports this week for a position with Fanatics. So there are some people wondering, you know, will Anthony stay with Clutch with Rich Paul, you know, LeBron James's guy, or will he seek new representation? Now, whoever the agent is, he will sign a max extension. Like, there's not a whole lot of negotiating that needs to take place with the next Anthony Edwards contract. But it is interesting that his agent, his main agent, left for for Fanatics. And what what type of relationship did that agent have with the Wolves? Yeah, good one. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got Marquise Watts, who's in the Wolves front office. He used to work with Clutch. And so Marquise has a really good relationship with Ant. So, you know, if Ant stays with Rich Paul or seeks out new representation, having Marquise in the Wolves front office can help massage any, you know, if there happens to be any friction at any point, uh, Watts can help massage that situation. On to the Twins. Spring training in earnest continues in Florida. Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, you you broached this first. I, I find it intriguing, and it's probably worth bringing up again. So the Byron Buxton plan 
is unfolding now, correct? So, like, the whole thing was we're going to bring them along slowly. And, by the way, I'm not blaming the Twins. No, but no, we're no. we're bring them sense. along slowly. Yeah, one-third, one-third, so one one-third. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, that's what I said weeks ago. So, yeah, this plan is unfolding before our eyes, that, that it was never going to be this giant ramp-up in late February into here early March. The idea is slow build-up to get to what is opening day, March 30th. So we're, what, 27 days away. So they had this thing mapped out weeks ago that dividing it into thirds. So I'm not even sure we're to that second third yet. Probably close. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this plan is is exactly, you know, what we're seeing is exactly what the Twins mapped out going back to December. Dukes, I saw you uh, with us yesterday. You said Sonny Gray is on track to potentially be the opening day starter. I believe he makes his spring training uh, debut on the mound this afternoon on he Friday. Does. Yeah. Uh, so so what is the timeline here of how this is going to potentially shake out? Where, where, where is your uh, inkling that Sonny Gray is going to be the guy that takes that ball by opening day? Yeah, that just, that's been the buzz, Declan. You know, my colleague Joe Schmidt was down there last week. And so just, you know, gathering a bunch of different buzz, connecting some dots that, that yeah, I mean, the signs point to Sonny Gray having the ball. Where is it? Kansas City for opening day, March 30th. Yep. So, yeah, that Sonny Gray would be on the mound that day. His representation is due in Fort Myers at some point here in the very near future. So that's when mm-hmm. I imagine that at least the idea of an extension gets broached. Now, if you're Sonny Gray... You may want to see how the year plays out. Will Rocco truly let him go into the seventh inning, face a lineup a third time? There is appeal to being an unrestricted free agent next winter. But if the Twins are willing to pay him a good amount of money, you at least need to entertain the idea of having that security. The Twins do have interest in extending Sonny Gray, but those talks are, they haven't gotten off the ground yet. And it was last July or August, correct, when, when Gray was talking to Joe Schmidt, your colleague, and basically did admit, I'd like to pitch more. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd like to pitch It was deeper. a very revealing interview. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I thought that was probably one of the most – because I, I feel like the Twins defenders have said, well, if you look at, at it, you know, that Rocco and company lifted guys like Bundy, Archer, and they tried to defend, well, the rest of the guys were allowed to, to pitch. Sonny Gray didn't reflect that. Like his his comments, and he's a good pitcher. His comments were reflective of a guy who was clearly frustrated and wanted to talk. So, I will say this: for all of the things that I've read this spring about, well, the Twins allow guys to go deep if they deserve it. Sonny Gray, who probably deserves it, was not on the same page as the defenders. Definitely not on the same page. And I get it from his standpoint. His track record suggests, hey, I'm fine going into the seventh inning, seeing a lineup a third time. Now, the Twins will counter that with, well, we gave you an opportunity or two early last season, and it didn't go so well. So in the moment, the small sample size of the 22 season, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. We have the evidence that suggests you can't do it. But then he'll say, well, you know, look at me from my Cincinnati days. I can do it. Right. Right. And so that's. You know, that's that's the battle, but Rocco is on record. Now, I need to see it to believe it, Judd, but I am, Rocco is on record saying I know. he is going to let these guys go longer. 
You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And he also, they've also said that they are going to keep at least one guy who is, who is quote unquote, sort of stretched out in the bullpen. Because the other thing that I didn't get last year is they didn't really have a long man. Like everyone was in, was in microwave bits of pitching. (laughs) And supposedly they claim that they're going to take one guy North who has, who can actually come in if the starter struggled and not be done after an inning or two. So Yes, I'm with you. When we see it, I'll believe it. But it does sound like the strategy, and this this starts just to be clear above Baldelli. Like this starts with oh, Falvey. Yes. So like this is not a Rocco is no. He, he has not decided what's going to take place. He is basically told. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting philosophy. And I got it. You know what? I got to think that a guy like Sonny Gray is probably going to be in wait and see mode too, because he he might say, you know what, if I'm going to get yanked after five, I'll go elsewhere. Like I'm just not happy with that. I mean, I guess I would be mildly surprised if an extension gets worked out, just because of that. That Sonny will say, "Let me play this thing out." You know, I've been relatively durable here for a bit. Like I don't need that security right this second. So let me see how the year goes. Hey, you know, it's not like you can't have a conversation in season. I know there's not a lot of evidence to suggest, you know, that that these deals have been worked out in July or August. But, you know, it's not against the rules, right? I mean, you know, if Sonny's representation wants to engage Falvey, Levine, middle of the season, you know, if there's a good track record there of allowing him to go into the seventh inning or beyond, you know, you can revisit extension talks. But, yeah, I guess I would be mildly surprised if, if something gets worked out before opening day. Judd, let me shoot down one thing I've seen out there that that some people think there's some friction because Sonny Gray wasn't at Twins Fest in late January, that that was like a subtle middle finger to the Twins, something along those lines. He legitimately, I don't know if it was a golden birthday, whatever it was, but it was a special birthday for one of his children. And so they had pre-planned a pretty large party going back a bit. And so he was committed to that. So, like, my understanding is it's not like Sonny said, I'm not coming up to Minneapolis from from Tennessee in late January because I'm mad at you guys. No, I mean, he had a legit reason to not be there in late January. Dex, go ahead. Yeah, by the way, uh, Twins playing their spring training game today. Uh, Sonny did make those 25 pitches before being pulled. However, uh, Nick Gordon left the game with an injury. He uh, had an awkward, I believe, slide in the second. They pulled him, probably precautionary, but pulled him after injury. Luckily, they got uh, Donnie Barrels, right, the uh, the infielder that they like to say from uh, from the, from the Nationals, uh, was with the Nationals, I believe, last time. Uh, so a nice little Reds. depth infielder. Reds, yeah, Solano. Nationals before that. Uh, so there is some depth there, but something to monitor, too, as we get closer. If to ever in doubt, Declan... Just guess Reds. Just guess Reds. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, all the Reds. Twins go after. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're going to plug guys Reds from any organization, it may, as be, may as well be the Cincinnati I like Reds. It. I like it. Yeah. So yeah, because um, in addition to the news that uh, Dex just read about Nick Gordon, Gilberto Celestino, 
suffered a hand in injury. Yeah, I don't even know if he was like, going like to make the opening day roster. Six eight weeks, but yeah, it Doug, sounds like. I mean, there's an option there still, so. So he's probably going to St. Paul, it sounded mm-hmm. like, but now I think he's out six to eight, eight he weeks. Is. Yeah. yeah, Taylor is going to be the the center fielder when Buxton can't play. Yeah, and then, like you know, you got Jose Miranda bailing from, from the World Baseball Classic that ramps up here in the next handful of days. Next week, he's out for, for Team Correa Puerto bailed. Rico. Yeah, Correa bailed. Uh, and trust me, the Twins are not upset about that. Uh, but yeah, just with the timing of of uh, the second child, you know, due on on some date next weekend, March tenth, March eleventh, March. Uh, you 12th. know what? Great timing. Yeah, I love no, it. The, the Twins were were plenty happy there. And with Miranda, like I can tell you, like when Miranda was up here for Twins Fest, he was up here for the Diamond Awards. Like he was gushing about this opportunity to represent Team Puerto Rico. So. I think there's some genuine sadness there that that can't happen, but you're just not going to risk it, right? Like, there's just no, no. reason to risk no. it. Plus, he's young you know enough. He I can play in the this. next World Baseball Classic. You know exactly how I feel about this. You're about to embark on a 162-game season in which you are well-paid, and now you're going to go play in a highly competitive World Series-like tournament? No, no. I mean, if you have a, if you have a hangnail, I want you out of that damn thing. Correct. Uh, I checked again on yep. Brad Hand, right? So yep. the Twins, you know, they've they've made you want inquiry. the Chaska guy back? Here. Yeah, because he's one of my. You guys. can feel it in your yeah. bones how bad you I want him. I know. And he'd very field. much like that because he thinks this organization has a chance to win at a pretty high level. He's yep. got some offers right now, but it's from losing organizations. So that would point to if he does anything, he's going to get traded in late July, right? So that that complicates things. But we're just not to the point of of the Twins actually extending any sort of offer, whether that be a major league offer or even minor a minor league, league offer. Go go to St. Paul and pitch. N- nothing, just nothing. He's there. at home. So I'd like to see Come it. On. Yeah, but make just it work. Nothing, nothing there with uh, with Brad Hand. I mean, the Twins did make some some moves on on the reliever side in the last what five six days. Jeff Hoffman, the former what top ten yep. pick. Yep. You know they add him on a minor league deal. They claim Dennis Santana off waivers you know so you had those two guys to the mix so you know i just i figured some move would take place at some point you know but at this point you know you add those two guys they're going to give those two guys a look here the next few weeks i just don't know if another move is happening anytime real soon i like your idea though all right let's wrap up with, with this um the news came down Yesterday afternoon, Lindsay Whalen is out as the Gopher basketball coach. It sure appears she was fired. Uh, they're trying to say it was a mutual decision. Um, I, I heard you at the press conference trying to ask a very good question of Mark Coyle, which is, I think, to paraphrase, I believe that there has never been a a male coach of the women's team. And clearly you said, would, would you consider that? And Coyle beat around the bush big time. but. One, your takeaway. Two, where do you think this thing is going? And three, just as importantly, should Ben Johnson be sleeping well right now? Well, Ben will get a third year. I mean, just look at the buyout number. It's millions upon millions of dollars. They are not buying out Ben Johnson. Now, the pressure ramps up considerably in year three. But, you know, I'm just telling you, all signs point to Ben getting a third year. On Lindsay, the bottom line is, when you don't win in five years, mm-hmm. a move is inevitable. Like the bottom line of Waylon being out, mm-hmm. like it makes sense. Now, me personally, I would have given her a sixth year, 
you know, with this young core in place, just to see how next year plays out. But, you know, a former Florida ED once upon a time said, what will happen eventually should happen immediately. If you want to apply Mm -hmm. that logic to this situation, fine, so be it. What baffles me is the way that the Mark Coyle news conference was handled on Thursday. You know, he's pointing to some conversation that took place at the men's final four in New Orleans last April. So Lindsey Whalen receives a contract extension this time last year, Judd. So that would have been 12 months ago. So then one month later, 11 months ago, Coyle is claiming there was some conversation with Lindsey about her future. Then post game after they lose to Penn State at Target Center on Wednesday, the way Lindsay was talking, she yep. certainly thought she would be back. Then yep. we have this news conference on Thursday that frames it as if this was some sort of mutual decision. Come on. No, you know, just lots of lots of word salad. And I like Mark. And Mark doesn't hey, handle the stuff well. He knows how to hire coaches. He does. I don't he know who that. the name is right this second, but I bet you he gets a pretty darn good coach in here. All right. And yep. that coach probably will win more even as soon as next year than probably Lindsay would have, right? Because Lindsay has a ways to go as a coach, uh-huh. right? But just can he even like, I'm not saying win a news conference. Just can I walk out of a news conference with Coyle just thinking, you know what? Like neutral, like, you know what? He did He's okay. He's not comfortable. He's not comfortable. It's just it was so clear. awkward. I listened to it. It's just so weird. Like your question was, your question was not hard to answer, even if you didn't want to give. Well, and he needs an to know. He needs to know that there's never been a male head coach yeah. in program history. He turns to to Paul, who's one of the sports information guys. Yep. And he goes, Paul, is that right? And the only reason I didn't know for sure, I was looking at the history of, of names of, of coaches. There was one name that it could be a male name, right? And I didn't have time to go to the Wikipedia or the Google for images. Right, because it was like in the moment. Near Declan. Right. So that's why I framed my question the way I did. I think I did say I believe there's never been a male coach. I just I wasn't one hundred percent sure based on one name that could be a male or a female. But like he needs to know that that there's never been a male coach in program history. And oh by the way, Judd, there is pressure to hire a female. There just is, because the head coach at South Dakota State is a male. Aaron Johnston from mm-hmm. Pine Island. The Jackrabbits are 18-0 and 0 in the Summit League this year. He's won multiple Summit League regular seasons. He's won multiple Summit League tournaments. He's been to a Sweet 16. He's accomplished so much. Only 48 years old. Now, Royce, he thinks he would leave. I'm still working on that part, Judd. Yep. He's got a I sweet deal. They're in Brookings. They have a new arena coming. He's got some younger children. Does he want to uproot the family? So I'm not necessarily convinced he would leave. But again, if signs point to the pressure being on Coyle to hire a female, continue that tradition, right? And he just hired a Caucasian male as volleyball coach. So can you hire a Caucasian male as the women's basketball coach? You know, I mean, that might be a pretty deep conversation 
right? Because to me, just hire the best candidate. Whoever you determine who the best candidate is, sure. go ahead and try to hire that individual. But I'm just telling you, behind the scenes, there is pressure to continue the tradition to have a female as the women's basketball head coach. And Great. so if that's the case, you know, there are some logical candidates. The coach at Marquette right now, the coach at West Virginia was at South Dakota, one at a high level, right? So there are some logical female candidates. So you can go get a pretty good female, but they're also going to have to pay. Like Illinois just brought in a new coach, paying that coach, and she won this year at a pretty high level, way higher than Illinois' won in years, right? But she makes $800,000 a year. Lindsay was on the hook for next year at just under 575, not quite 600. Good money, but they probably need to go higher if they really want to bring in, you know, a really, really good coach. But I just feel bad for Lindsay. You know, Mark was claiming, Coyle, that there was miscommunication on Lindsay's presence at the news conference. She last night tweets, she just got overly emotional, which I get. In the elevator, you know, riding the elevator down to the press conference room. To me, Judd, just be transparent on that. Say, Lindsay had every intention of being here. Yeah, that is weird. But she broke down. She got overly emotional. She will talk to you at some point. But right this second, it just can't take place. Instead of claiming that she was still meeting with her staff and there was a miscommunication. No, there wasn't a miscommunication. Right. She clarified well, she that on social media that she had yeah, she every intention of being down there. And a few minutes before she broke down, she started crying, which I get. But yep. why not just I be agree. transparent on that? I have no idea. It's a very, very good question. But I'm just telling right. you, the bottom line of a mm-hmm. change, I get. Right? I mean, that program's been blah for a long time, pre-Lindsay. Right? But in theory, you'd like to think maybe you can draw a few thousand people per game, right? They weren't even drawing, I'm not even sure, 1,000 people in the end, right? So, like, you should be able to sell a few more tickets, create some more buzz. I'll just tell you, I won't say the name, but there is a star recruit, an underclassman, a star recruit here in the state that had no interest in playing for Lindsay. There is some interest in being a gopher, but sure. no interest in playing for Lindsay. Now, Mara Braun, Mallory Heyer, you know, some of these players, they love her, right? So, I mean, that might be any coach, right? Some who love a coach, some who have no interest in playing for that coach. But you look at some of these girls, you know, in the classes of 23, 24, 25, Judd, like Tessa Johnson from St. Michael Albertville, McDonald's All-American. She is on her way to South Carolina. I don't think the Gophers ever had a prayer to get her. Now, South Carolina, right? That's like Tyson Trey Jones going to Duke, right? The Gophers never had a chance to get those guys. You know, South Carolina is, you know, the Duke of of women's basketball. But then, you know, there's some NIL, scuttlebutt, you know, some money being involved, right? Like the idea of NIL was once you're in a program, you can earn some money, but that there isn't supposed to be money to get somebody to choose a school, right? But who exactly is policing all this? Right, but you lose Tessa Johnson. You've got Olivia Olson from Benilde St. Margaret's. You lose her. Number three recruit in the country per ESPN class of 2024. Again, Judd, number three in the country. You lose her, not to South Carolina or UConn, but to Michigan, which is an up-and-coming program. Don't get me wrong, but that one hurts. 
Taylor Woodson, senior from Hopkins. You lose her to Michigan. Right, so that's where it's tough when you're losing some really good players to Michigan. I got you. All right, Dukes, we got to run. Thanks much, and we will talk to you next week for more scoopage, man. You got it. One more, right? I got to continue the tradition, right, Declan, of one more scoop after you tell me goodbye. So U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend, the Cambria Classic. Some really good baseball at U.S. Bank Stadium. The defending national champion Ole Miss Rebels are in town this weekend. So uh, the Twins will have a scouting presence. So will some other major league organizations. But certainly the Twins will have a nice scouting presence at U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend. I'm told these are the best names to keep an eye on for the MLB draft. Guy named Bradfield for Vanderbilt. So Vanderbilt's here this weekend. Gonzalez for Ole Miss. And Shaw for Maryland. So Maryland is here. Ole Miss is here. Vandy is here. Hawaii is here. Nebraska, I believe. It's here. It's a good field. Like, if you want to go watch some baseball, head to U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend. But anyway, those are the names for the MLB draft, 23 MLB draft, to keep an eye on this weekend in downtown Minneapolis. Bradfield, Gonzalez, Shaw. Awesome stuff, man. Thank you, Dukes. Okay. See you, boys. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.